0: Hey, welcome to the Default Live podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're regular, welcome back. How are things going? How was last week for you?
1: Uh, things are going well. Yeah, last week was... This week was pretty good. Last two week, I mean, it's been what two weeks since we've talked.
0: Um, yeah, so well. I forgot that you recorded with Derek last week. I haven't listened yeah. to it yet. By the way, I need to. Uh, I've been, I've been really behind in my podcast game. So
1: that's funny. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, we had a really good conversation. Really enjoyed the the chat with him, and I was happy that he was able to come on because uh, he's definitely someone who I've looked up to for a while now, and and he's like built sold launched you know multiple successful products and uh he, he's very much like a product guy um which mm-hmm. you know is is yeah someone i look up to so uh yeah it was a cool conversation and but definitely happy to have you back it, it was it's always like weird when you're gone and i sort of take over the main host duties and i'm like oh <laughs> <"Hey> Corey here it's <laughs> scary yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's good to hear though. No, I'm excited to listen
0: back to it. I saw a couple of uh, a couple of interesting uh, tidbits about like tech stacks and uh, support and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what it's like.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I would say dove more into the yeah tech side of things um, than the normal. So I indulged myself a little bit, but yeah, it
0: was fun did you ask him about a elixir and all that good stuff?
1: <laughs> we did have a, a little bit of a chat about that. Yeah.
0: That's fine. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to mostly go over my head, but I'm just curious to see like <laughs> what it is that you talk about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I know. I felt like maybe there should be a
1: disclaimer up front. Like if you listen to this podcast primarily to hear Corey's side of things, uh, this is probably <laughs> not the episode for you. <laughs> right. Might be a little, you're warm. a no coder. This doesn't make <laughs> any sense. <laughs> That's funny no we yeah we had some good good chats as well about yeah like hiring support and even just onboarding developers hiring developers like that is all very new mm. to me and um you know he went through that experience with drip so and he and he's going through it now with saco
0: right interesting huh yeah I definitely have to listen to that one um yeah super cool well anything uh new and noteworthy in the last well I don't know how much you caught up with like with Derek on sort of what's new, but I don't know anything the last two weeks. I actually saw today that there was announcement around, uh, sorting, which is super, I was like, (laughs) wait, that didn't exist. What the heck? I know. Right. That has been, uh, yeah, the one,
1: I would say major piece of functionality for the Webflow CMS that Jetboost has not, um, supported yet. We have filters, we have search, we have favoriting, um, but you haven't been able to sort items. So, Hmm. uh, Yeah, that's, uh, it's been a little bit of a road to get there these last two weeks, actually. Um, So yeah, Derek and I, we we didn't really do any sort of typical updates in our episodes. So two weeks ago, I went down this rabbit hole for like three days straight of, (laughs) I've I've been calling it my white whale, which is (laughs) like, my grand vision of JetBoost is not what Jetboost is today it's like totally visual drag and drop uh you know ideally inside of the webflow designer but that's not currently oh, possible right. that requires like some sort of plugin api on their end or, or marketplace or something like that um uh, which i think we'll get one day but that day is not today mm-hmm. um so i i went down this rabbit hole of you know i've seen some things come out where people are building uh, products that work on top of like published Webflow pages. So like you publish your site and then it loads like their interface on top of the publish page. That's oh. super cool. The, the first time I saw that was this guy was building a product called Busywork. work. I'm not sure what the status of it is now, um, but he was doing some really cool stuff around like, here's how you could create a login form with Webflow, like right on your published Webflow site. And so I've had this in the back of my mind for a long time and and for like 3 days straight I was just like I mean totally in like flow state in the zone just like I'm I'm building this thing I'm going to make it work and uh so I was building out this little prototype of uh this this visual editor for Jetboost where you would just select a search box on your page and then it would give you the options of you know uh you know connect a Jetboost search and then you would you click that and then it would you would highlight over, it would highlight the different collection lists on your page, and then you would select which one you wanna search, and you can sort of imagine like how this would work. It was really cool except for one of the big problems that it doesn't solve that the current JetBoost product has is you still have to switch back and forth between, in this case, the publish page, and then also the Webflow Designer to actually Mm. make the changes that will stick uh, to to elements and to add elements to the page and all of that. And so after I built this proof of concept, uh, you know, I was, I was showing it to Noah and his feedback was like, this is super cool, but aren't you going to have to rebuild the entire JetBoost platform? <laughs> the one that people already know how to use and are already getting mm-hmm. value out of. It was just like, Oh man, like I know you're so right. And, uh, and yeah and then i just shelved it right then because <laughs> and he said he's like if i was a jet customer like this is super cool but i would rather just get sorting and i was like yeah mm-hmm. you're right like i just need to go build sorting now uh so then switch gears to that and
0: it's like, it's like actually getting pretty close now wow just like yeah. that well, yeah. yeah it's yeah so I, I know you had mentioned uh you sort of had like the workings of a perfect concept before where it's kinda of like this visual connector of sorts. Um and I know that was kinda of like the grand vision. But yeah. Yeah, it's almost interesting hearing 'cause it like it doesn't really sound it's definitely not a bad idea. And it sounds exciting and it sounds fun, but how useful is it and how much more useful is it than just like the current interface? And uh I, I think that was a, a a really good kind of insight and pick up from Noah. So shout out to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it 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 made me think like JetBoost is at the point now where it's like it's not about me anymore or necessarily what I want to go do. Like I can't just go lock myself in my room Mm -hmm. and you know try to develop some crazy thing for for a week or for a month or whatever, Uh, you know that's doing a disservice to the current customers who, like Noah pointed out, would benefit more from. Uh, these other things that we could be working on uh, and also a disservice to the rest of the team who, you know, so Noah actually just joined full time, uh, which is wow. an exciting development. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. So he, he went from 20 hours to now 40 hours uh, cause there's just a lot more that he can do outside of uh, just customer support. Like he's building okay. out some demo sites and, uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's working on a lot of cool stuff, which I'm excited to be able to share soon. Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, there's other people now that benefit from, you know, this thing doing well and, and, um, yeah, it's not a, it's not, it's not just like a little thing for me to toy around with anymore, I guess, is, is sort of what that made me realize. Um,
0: and there'd be yeah, huge if, risk with, like, replacing the whole platform and sort of starting from scratch. Right. right.
1: And if, if I was to start JetBoost today, like, this is definitely an avenue I would explore. And I would try to push that as far as possible. Um, but that's the thing. Like, that's, that's why eventually, like, every company gets disrupted or, uh, (laughs) you know, out innovated or whatever. It's like, we've gone so far down this one path of like, this is the Jetboost product. This is how you set it up. This is how you use it. That like all these other paths are basically closed off now. Um, right. Unless we were to take just like a year off to rewrite everything. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, like if, (laughs) if, if someone could take all of the knowledge and experience I've had building this for the last year and a half and you know, some of that you can glean just from, you know, experimenting with the product and all that. Uh, you, you could probably build a, a much better version of JetBoost than what exists today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, fortunately for me, like, that's not it's not going to be me building that version. So,
0: yeah. It makes me think a little bit about uh, the Basecamp team and sort of like their versions in the past. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, maybe felt a little bit like a relic of you know, software versions and sort of like when you had to like download and install new versions of software from like a disc. Uh, but also maybe that's part of like the, well, we've like met the end of this road. Like let's start a new road. Let's go down a different path, even though it'll take like a year, let's just create a new version. Like they have the sort of time and flexibility to be able to do that. As far as I know, maybe they'll ditch the whole versioning thing later, but
1: Yeah, no, that's actually one of the companies I was thinking about when I was going through this and trying to figure out what would it actually look like, um, you know, for considering the existing customer base and yeah. One of the things I was thinking of like, okay, maybe this is a totally new version and the old UI and everything still exists if you're a customer using that and you can keep using that indefinitely. Um, but then there's also this, this new version you can upgrade to as well. I do think that's interesting. Like m- maybe that is the only way to stay in the game for 20 plus years or however long base camps has been around, uh, is right. you have to keep innovating and rebuilding your product and, um, and versioning it off. Like that is one way to do that. Right. But like you I can only
0: the, innovate your way so far. Right. Or I'm sorry. Uh, iterate, iterate your way so far. You have to like, right, and start right. From scratch again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's the challenge because so this kind of all came about when Noah and I first started talking about sorting and what that would look like and how we would implement it uh, as far as like what someone would have to do or or what changes someone would have to make to their Webflow project to implement sorting. Hmm. And like there's some other ways outside of the normal JetBoost way that we could do things. And we explored a few of these paths and uh, they're they're definitely interesting, but at the end of the day, it feels like it's, it's almost, it is too much innovation. Like we've gone down this path and we just have to iterate on, you know, here's how JetBoost works. Here's the classes you add. Like we're going to stick with Mm -hmm. this format because it's consistent and it flows with the rest of the product, but it is somewhat of a, I don't want to say a dead end, but like it is like very much like this is the path we're on and we can't really stray from it.
0: Yeah. 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 And don't break what isn't or don't fix what isn't broken. Right. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does still feel broken to me that only 50% <laughs> well, of the it. people can set it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. But what, what do you mean? 50% only 50% can set it
1: up. So like 50% of Everyone who signs up actually successfully installs one of the JetBoost boosters on their website. Mm. I think it's like fifty five, but still.
0: Interesting. But maybe that's not a reflection of the product. More maybe it's more a reflection of the marketing and I mean it's it's not gonna be a hundred percent, right? Like how close right. to a hundred <laughs> can you get? Like I think fifty five percent is pretty pretty dang close. Uh um, yeah. That was one of the interesting, I don't know, this isn't like necessarily like the rule, uh, but it's also not an exception. I don't think when I was at Barometrics, like the more successful we were in the marketing, the lower our trial conversion rate became because just like by default, you get more people interested in the product and curious and you get more people to sign up and you get more spammers and you get more looky-loos. And like, there was literally nothing I could do. We tried all sorts of stuff to increase the trial conversion rate. I was doing free landing page teardowns. I was recording videos, I was hopping on demo calls. We were changing the onboarding. We were switching the, the order of things. Uh, we were offering discounts. We were offering, you know, and like literally nothing moved the needle because <laughs> that was just the fact yeah. of it. You know, like the more successful you get, the lower, you know, the more people are gonna come top of funnel, but not necessarily, you know, more net new qualified people will come through the door. Uh so I'm not saying that's the case for you, but fifty five percent is not a bad number. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for I mean for some context and sort of what you're referring to, one out of ten people who signs up, so when you first sign up for Jetboost, like the very first screen you get is connect your webflow account. One out of ten does not do that. Which is like you you can't move any farther into the product mm. without connecting your webflow account. So nine do. So Nine out of 10 do, but That's still like crazy. the fact that 10% of the people that sign up, it's like there was something on the website that drew you in that was intriguing enough and, it, and the website is clearly all about Webflow and you signed up, but then you didn't want to connect your Webflow account and and we've tried to make that page very much like, you know, we don't have access to your Webflow password. It's secure, you know, all of the sort of things you would expect. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, but though I bet you at least half of that ten percent don't even have a Webflow account. The other half probably how do I say this nicely? Uh, probably don't even speak English. Like, how many people can you reasonably get through the door who are like actually qualified? Nine out of ten is probably like the max. I think you're already at the ceiling. Yeah, there.
1: yeah, yeah. No, and I've definitely. Eh. Yeah, I don't try to optimize that page anymore because that does feel like the ceiling. <laughs> right. Um oh, man. but yeah, it's still just like yeah, I guess I'm saying like maybe fifty-five percent getting all the way through uh the, the installation, mm-hmm. like maybe that is fair. Um but yeah, as the as the product maker and person, it's like I want everyone to be able to be successful with it, who at least at yeah, some point yeah, had some right. interest in trying it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's obviously sort
0: of the pipe dream. Well, the marketer in me sees those numbers <laughs> and says, well, it's definitely not an activation problem. It doesn't sound like there's really a retention problem. The areas for optimization are probably like revenue slash referral and definitely acquisition, like definitely just getting more people, I would, in fact, it would it would be my goal to drive those numbers down. I'd be like, okay, after I come in here, only 25% of people are going to make it all the way through <laughs> and only 5 out of 10 are going to connect their Webflow site because that means that we're getting in front of way more people. Uh, uh, maybe funny. that would make things go up, but uh, now I'm just messing. <laughs> yeah. So don't beat yourself up too much about that. That's, I think that's the uh, that's the product perfectionist in you speaking totally yeah but
1: yeah i mean at the end of the day at least i only spent three days on that proof of concept and then it was you know okay it's over yeah and uh it pushed me to start to seriously look at implementing the sorting and like i said Nona and and uh, we've been having conversations about it for a while what's awesome is like he knows webflow so well that that he can provide input on the direction of the JetBoost product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. that's been really helpful because prior to that, it was always just me sort of inventing things and, uh, trying to figure out what would work and what wouldn't. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm um, see seeing the reaction today from the like announcement to the early access. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate announcing things like super early, but uh, I'm really excited about this, and and wanted to start uh, building some awareness. And so, yeah, there's already a bunch of people signing up to be notified of early access, and uh, really excited to get that out there.
0: I love that. I'm on the hype train. Build up the hype. <laughs> yeah. Build up the anticipation. Yeah, that's cool. That's really exciting. Yeah. Will that be a separate booster, or will that be included in, uh, in like the functionality of filtering or? How are you thinking about that? Yeah,
1: it's it's a separate booster, but it will be included in uh, both of the bundles that we offer.
0: Oh, okay, right. Okay, cool. Yeah,
1: oh, so that's awesome. Anyone who's already on a bundle,
0: it's getting free functionality. <laughs> Speaking of uh, bundles, um, where uh, anything new or noteworthy about that uh, enterprise? pricing conundrum you found yourself in a few weeks back?
1: Hmm. Yes. So I had a call last week with the agency that is working with this client, this very large client. Uh, it's a crazy situation that I couldn't even believe when I heard the story. and like, I don't know how much of it I can tell um, just in case the name of this company comes out eventually, but basically, they're having a version of their web of their website built with Webflow and JetBoost, um, powering like the filters and stuff like that, as like a backup in case their main mm. site falls apart.
0: So I was right. I guess. Correct. I think, I don't I can't remember if we talked about it on the podcast or off the podcast, but that, I think that was my, my my assumption or my guess. It's, it's, it's very strange to me. I don't fully understand
1: it. Uh, (laughs) but anyway, so number one, there's somewhat reduced risk for jet boost because it's not like they're actually trying to go live with this full time. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, anytime soon, but there still is some risk because if they do all of a sudden need to make this backup go live, uh, now all of a sudden Jetboost is handling all of that traffic. Right. Uh, so we talked about a few different strategies that we can employ, um, and potentially some custom pricing for that. There we go. Yeah which again, it's still like, it's also weird because it's like, they're not going to be using it full time, but right if they want us to be able to handle the volume of traffic that they could potentially have,
0: then I guess they have to pay for that. Like there's not really another option. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know how you can really get around that because they're sort of, you have to pay for what you want to be able to get access to if you need it. Not like right. if you're actually using it, right? I mean it's like any product or service. Like you're you're not gonna use hundred percent of the product, but also if you're not using ninety percent of the product, you're still paying for access to that ninety percent if and when you need it or want it. Right. To. So right. especially I feel like on the if it's a backup and there's like a, you know, downtime slash service component, you know, where you're sort of offering to hey, you know, let me know if something happens and then I will Make sure that things go right, then I would have no problem charging full price for whatever makes sense in that custom agreement, yeah,
1: yeah, I guess it's kind of like reserving server space where you know you yeah. could go with something small or you could reserve something very large just in case like you do have spikes or whatever
0: um, i don't I don't really know you... how servers work, <laughs> but it sounds. Kind of nice though, because then they're kind of paying for you to have like all this extra capacity essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, knock on wood that they don't, you know, need it, but even when they did, they would just be using that extra capacity. But I don't know if that makes things work more smoothly or whatnot, but having the extra capacity sounds nice in theory.
1: Yeah, it definitely could. It made me spend a lot of time thinking about what scaling JetBoost would look like for uh, this volume of traffic. And yeah, essentially everyone would end up benefiting from, you know, us adding some like database replicas and uh, additional servers and all, all these different things that we can do. Um, Yeah, it it would definitely benefit everyone. Hmm.
0: So is the next step sort of like, let us talk it over with the client and get back to you and or is, you know, is a feel kind of like close to being resolved. I mean, it's always so tricky with like these enterprise kind of things, but
1: yeah, I, w- I would say it's still a little bit up in the air. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I was trying very hard to point out the, downsides of the using Webflow plus JetBoost for this situation. Uh, Not really? (laughs) Yeah. And mentioned some alternatives and whatnot. And basically the answer was like, yeah, we know about all of these alternatives and none of them are working as well as JetBoost. And like, we know it's not the perfect solution, but like this is the best solution that we have. Hmm. Um, you know, because there are products for searching and filtering and all that that are completely outside of the Webflow CMS. But then you're outside of the Webflow CMS, and you have to do all this. Uh, you know, you have to build a lot more to transfer, basically, to keep the data in sync between your search service and in your CMS. Hmm. Um, kind of defeats the whole point. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think I just need to put together like here's the solution if we want to go forward and here's what it's going to cost and yeah, then see.
0: Yeah. Just drop it. Drop the hammer. Yeah. Well, cool. I mean, exciting. Sounds like a useful kind of conversation regardless, like I said, around like scaling stuff and different scenarios and just even just getting to kind of dip your toe in the water until what these types of clients are like to work with. Um, but interesting stuff.
1: Yeah. And also useful from the standpoint of like the pricing for Jetboost has never changed outside of adding the bundles. And there are some deficiencies with the pricing model that I've known about for a while. And it's like, oh, now these are starting to come to the surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after sorting, like looking at pricing is going to be probably my main focus.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. I think that's super worthwhile, especially now. Yeah. I think that what the last, yeah, I mean, it's already coming up on, well, I guess not coming up on a year, but it's been about seven months since you made the last pricing change, which that end of itself was like a big sort of step change in evolution in and of itself. So, yeah. Dude, I can't believe it's been seven months. <laughs> yeah. Can't believe it's August now. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I I literally can't believe it. I was like, no, it's August. What the heck? Yeah. <sighs> Getting old. Time flies. Yeah. Especially as a solo founder <laughs> wearing all the hats. Seriously. Seriously. Doing all the things. Anything else new or uh, top of mind from the last week or two weeks?
1: No, just curious to hear what you've been up to.
0: Yeah, I've been um in the last I think like three weeks. I feel like I've had a whole bunch of kind of short weeks. Uh, last week got to spend Monday Tuesday in Disneyland and California Adventure with some family, um, my wife and her two younger siblings, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was exhausting. <laughs> we walked like <laughs> I think the official count was. 21 miles in two days uh and we we're just like on our feet you know all day from you know 9 a.m to 10 p.m basically uh barring a couple of stops for you know food and whatnot but um got some nerd out on all things star wars as you can see actually right behind me probably can't see it but i got myself a little mando helmet oh, you yeah, uh, know dropped a little dropped some coin on some merch that was my one uh my one Thing that I took away and bought, couldn't resist, couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I was, I man, I was cranking out landing page audits, and uh, I was also working on um, writing a landing page from, from scratch for a client, uh, and that took up most of my time, to be honest. Um, also because I made sort of like a user error, and ended up having to re-record five of the teardowns um, because I didn't have the right audio input selected. And so I sent it out and they were like, Hey, I can't hear anything. Oh like, no. Oh, gosh. It's like, I think I had messaged you. I was like, this is the most demoralizing thing. Just knowing yeah. that you just completely wasted, you know, 20, 25 minutes of your time. And now you have to do it again. And, uh, they're really hard to do back to back to back. Like, I think the most that I did in one day was like, like eight. and I had to make 25. And so, you know, already if I just like, That's like three full days of work, basically, including like the prep and the reading and stuff like that beforehand. Um, But it was really interesting. I mean, one, it was lucrative. Uh, Two, I mean, it was great. Uh, It was a lot of fun. Um, But three, I also learned a ton through the process. I think the last time that I did it, uh, I think my sort of like criteria, my framework was like a little bit still like in flux, kind of like in evolution. And I also did it a little bit differently last time where I tried to give like, exact suggestions to people but this time I just focused on like going through a checklist and um especially a checklist that wasn't just like basic stuff it was more just like okay this is what I would literally look for and these are like the things that are going to help you stand out not just go from like 0 to 1 but from like 1 to 10 basically and um and through that man like all sorts of patterns emerged just with like how what people struggle with what feedback I was giving over and over again it's pretty cliche, but like I need to write a Twitter thread on like what I learned. So I actually did learn interesting things. but not just like, uh, not just putting it out there for the sake of the, the Twitter content, but, um, you know, looking through, like I was going to make a note to, uh, bring up the checklist here, but, uh, like one of the things that I felt like was like a pretty cool, like, um, I guess like a realization was, uh, so the very first thing I look at is the H1 with the hook and the landing page. And uh, I started to like form this narrative and realize like, Oh, I think it's really important because if you think about it, a hundred, or it's the only part of the page where a hundred percent of the visitors will like read and pay attention to it. Like, Whoa, that's like, that has like a lot of weight. Like that determines if people stay or leave, if they're like curious or if they're confused, what they think about it, what they don't, you know, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. And um, so I tried to be really, really specific on the H1 and the hook and like to be honest, most of them were not very good. Very few had uh, an H1 that I that I really liked, and uh, or at least that was like good enough and would be like kind of like a marginal improvement if you were to like switch it up. Um, another big one, which was really surprising, was the product imagery. Um, a lot of SaaS companies have been like on this trend of having like these fancy illustrations and whatnot, and um, mm-hmm. or even just like nothing, like a whole bunch more just like a whole bunch of text and like icons, and I was like. Wow, <laughs> like I don't even know what this product looks like, like how am I supposed to go and like <laughs> start to use it or connect the dots for like how this works in reality and um so I harped on that a ton, just like, hey, screenshots, gifs, videos, demos like have something on the page that really shows the product um, Another one was the competitor comparison, like no one had something that like directly. Uh, compared against sort of like alternatives or competitors. And uh, that's something I feel like works really, really well with SaaS. And it's just like a huge, like step up and just overall improvement. Um, And then another one I was thinking of was the step-by-step transformation, like showing tangibly, like, okay, step one, you sign up, step two, install, step three, configure, step five, you know, customize. And Kind of, that's kind of like the standard format you can take to any kind of SAS app. Cause I, I was realizing that it's one thing to really, um, like for the pages that I've seen work really, really well, they always have that component of that step-by-step kind of transformation of, okay, you want to get value out of this product? Like you want this thing, here's what you can expect. And then that really primes people to take action all the on the call to action rather mm-hmm. than just having like a bunch of vague sections about features and benefits and, and like making people connect the dots on how you actually get to that place where you can receive the value. Uh, so anyways, had a lot of fun doing that um, and also just learned a lot. Uh, I have to give a shout out to um, – so I, I was looking through the, the form and just going one by one, making notes for each one, and then recording the videos. And I was like, what the heck? Why do I have so many financial advisors and planners uh, like buy a talk, an audit and tear down for me? And um, they all came in like a spurt together, and I was realized, I realized it was because one Twitter friend, Taylor Schulte, actually he's here in San Diego. Uh, he's like, he has a financial planning advisory firm called Define Financial, it's like, and he's like, I think he was like voted like the number two financial advisor in like twenty twenty of like of all the financial advisors. Wow! And uh, so, and then he also has like this group and this whole platform around helping financial advisors build their business. So a lot of people look up to him and he had retweeted it and shared it with a couple people directly. And so I think I have like, like six or eight of the 25 were financial advisory firms. And um, so uh, one, it was just interesting, like getting to see kind of that power of, of influence that he had and also just being able to transfer over that, some of that over to me. Um, but it was also interesting getting able, being able to work with, you know, a lot of financial advisor sites and kind of seen some of the patterns and differences across them. Uh, one of them was actually really, really good. The rest of them were, were pretty suboptimal. So I felt like it was, mm. there was a lot, lots to talk about <laughs> for, for a lot well, of, those. what
1: were they like first? Like the SAS product landing pages?
0: Yeah. A lot of them, um, were really vague and basically said the exact same thing, which mm. is not surprising because, it's like a fairly commoditized kind of um, kind of market and thing to offer, service to offer. But the ones who, there was like two that did things, well, one that did something really well and another one that had a lot of potential. And then the rest of them, I sorta of had to like tease out and extract and give them ideas about how to differentiate. And um, I think one of the big differences is that, you know, you think about a service-based industry, uh, it's very like personality driven, like who is doing the service for me, um, and a lot of them just didn't have like there wasn't even like a picture of themselves on the website, and oh, wow. uh, so you know the the personal recommendation or the personal touch section, kind of like letter from the founder or like you know mini about me section, was like a huge recommendation that I'd make to everyone for their landing pages, uh, just because I feel like that's a one it's like a a nice nice to have for SAS, but it's like a must have for a service-based business like a financial advisory firm. Um a lot of them spoke in a lot of kind of generalities and didn't do any differentiation. So it's just like plan for retirement. and or like, you know, we're fiduciary, fee only, um, you know, uh practitioners. And it's like, okay, everyone's fee only, everyone's fiduciary. At least that I was, you know, working with. But I think that's becoming more and more kind of the norm. So what do you differentiate on? Well you definitely have to differentiate on personality, uh, but also extracting uh some specialties so one person really really honed in on uh servicing tech and biotech or sorry bi- tech and life sciences so like uh, yeah i guess biotech industries and mm-hmm. em- employees for like compensation and retirement planning for those types of businesses and i was like oh that's genius like really harp on that they were kind of like underplaying it i was like you should definitely double down on that another one was really specializing in like uh, like tax planning and tax strategy. Another one was really focused on like self-employment, but they kind of like hid that. So that to me was like, okay, you have to get really clear of the differentiation and you have to also add a lot of personality to, uh, compared to SAS.
1: Yeah, it's almost the same thing with SAS where you don't want to potentially turn anyone away by being too specific, but actually like being too vague is what ends up turning people right. away because you don't know if it's yeah. for you or not. it's so hard to find like you said people in in these service industries whether it's financial planning or lawyers or tax or whatever because you're like i don't know all these websites kind of sound the same why would i choose one over the other
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i mean when i um i don't know if i closed the loop on this on the podcast but a couple weeks back i sort of had like a, a warning slash almost eviction notice from our landlord uh, for having our, our dog. And then I ended up getting him certified as an emotional support animal and up also getting a letter from a lawyer. Uh, and I reached out to a whole bunch who like, it was kind of just like a shot in the dark. Like, I hope that you can maybe help me. I was kind of just like beating around the bush. And then I found a couple from a recommendation who like specialized in tenant defense and tenant law. And the person I ended up going with was like, He's like, oh yeah, I do this all day long. Like all, it was basically like the main thing on the website was like tenant defense. I was like, okay, done, sold. Like yeah, you have my business. There you Um, go. Just because specialization, yeah, was what I needed to kind of get me to take action. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Any thought to
1: doing these landing page audits regularly?
0: I don't know. I mean, they're really fun. Part of me feels like, I don't know if I can recreate the magic of, um, like I know that, a lot of it wasn't just the landing page audit, like it was supporting, you know, the surgery for the dog and sort of the, that big financial expense. And so obviously I can't just like recreate that or I don't want to like manufacture <laughs> expense every couple of months. <laughs> crisis, um, Right. Yeah. Another surgery, um, <laughs> another, another thing for the dog, poor guy. Uh, so, and, and part of me is like, I don't know if I really like want to be in the business of doing this all the time. Um. So yeah, the, the answer is kind of no. Yeah. Save it for maybe like a once a year thing. If I really need it, sort of like my backup plan. I might when I actually when I first kind of went out on my own. Of course, I had the, all those thoughts of like, what if I don't get clients? What if I can't make money? And so I made this list of like, what are all the ways I can make money if I like I really need to, and I have like you know thirty days to, you know, pay off my credit card or whatever it is like to really. Or, you know, to, if I need to borrow money from friends or family, something like I gave them 30 days, like, how can I make that money? And that was one of the things I was on there is like, okay, this is like my first plan B option is like, do a bunch of, you know, teardowns or audits or something like that for cheap. And uh, so I kind of like the idea of like having the, in the back pocket uh, in case I need it for stuff like this. So not really, yeah. not really thinking about making a more strategic effort about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah,
1: I, I was just asking because you did one for Jet Boost and it was like insanely valuable, and you got me hyped up. Like I was like, "Oh, I want to go make all these changes to the website <laughs> as soon as possible." Uh, you know, and it was it was it was across the board of copy changes, UI changes, uh, adding entire sections, like you mentioned the, you know, show what it's like before using jetboost and after use or without jetboost and with jetboost like mm. we don't have that comparison anywhere we we sort of vaguely refer to some of the problems with uh, some of the other ways of doing these things but yeah just like a simple side-by-side checklist of you know with and without it's like wow you you can totally see how quickly you get the value there um so yeah i was i was super impressed
0: by it and i'm i'm really excited to get those changes in That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. It did make make me think a little bit like, you know, kind of these scrappy things that maybe can get more Swy Files members in the door of like, oh, what if I just did a one-time, hey, if you sign up, you know, as a member, I will do one of these audits or teardowns for you. Or I even thought about doing like a marketing strategy one or a audience exploration one or, you know, stuff stuff like that where I could do like a one-time, you know, it takes me about 20 minutes in total to do something like that. I do it one time and then I have someone With like in the, the door. Uh, yeah, like if I could do like a, well, tear down could be one of those things where it's like, Hey, become a member. And then you get this thing for free for a limited time or another. one would be like audience research. And I could do that fairly quickly. If I, if someone goes through the work of like filling out a form beforehand, so I get some initial mm. information or like a marketing strategy one, if people just like laid out sort of their questions beforehand, and then I could basically just record myself giving the answers to those questions over something like zip message. Um, so that could be like fairly efficient, you know, or even just like a half an hour, hour call. There's been a few people actually who have, who talked to me about wanting sort of like what I've been doing with Derek for Savvy just doing like outsourced marketing stuff. And I've had to be like, I'm at hundred percent, you know, capacity trying to move away from doing like more consulting stuff and, do more of my own mm-hmm. stuff, but you know, if you become a member, I'd be happy to hop on a phone call, you know, and chit chat and, or, you know, just, we can not, you know, meet a few times. So maybe you think that maybe there's something there, but I don't know. Hmm.
1: Kind of makes me think of when you sign up for a gym membership now for you, like one free personal trainer session or uh, mm. like health assessment.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty clear parallel. I don't think I'd want to do it forever. Yeah. But as like one-time things, you know, I could probably like churn through a few and maybe that gets, you know, I don't know, a decent amount of members to make it worth it.
1: Could you do it through like a coupon code? Like I'm wondering if like you did a, I don't know, like a podcast interview and then you're like, you know, we don't normally offer this, but with this coupon oh. code, you get,
0: uh, you know, free landing page audit. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I've been offering coupons to every podcast that I appear on just so I can like track it and just give like a, you know, a nice benefit, like exclusive sort of discount. Um, but throwing something extra in there would be another interesting thing. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, because I wonder if you just add it,
1: like would that actually encourage more people to sign up for a Swipe Files membership? I don't know, but if it's like this special thing that you only get because you listen to this one podcast or because you saw this you know, on this one right. blog, then it's like, oh, I should jump on this because otherwise I'm not going to get this.
0: Right. Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, sort of in parallel with this, this thread. I've been exploring a little bit more about Swipe Files being more of like a, a personality driven business rather than like a because um, some of the like comparisons I've made is like uh, mm, well, it's like Makerpad or product manager HQ or you know trying to build like a membership s- business like that. but those are different because those have like clear kind of utility that's like separate from someone in particular. And I don't know if I even want Swyfiles to go that direction. I kind of like it being attached to me in some way. And that's sort of like the way that I have to market it today anyways, just because running ads or doing SEO or like these massively scaled, expensive kind of efforts. And so like, I'm, I'm sort of like not cornered, but like really my best option is to have a lot more of like personality driven marketing around building my Twitter audience and newsletter and, sort of just being like me going on podcasts, teaching, stuff like that. And so uh, my creator mastermind, we were talking about this a little bit because, you know, they're very, they're two very different strategies, like building mm-hmm. a content business off the back of like a brand that you create that's like separate from yourself versus like you and this thing being like an extension of you. And uh, maybe I've shied away from like the you parks. I don't want to be like a guru <laughs> and like a, you know, Someone like that, you know, you can. Mm-hmm. only imagine those types of people. But maybe there's like a middle ground, you know, where you can you don't have to be a guru, but it's still a very personality-driven business. In that case, those types of offers, where it's like a landing page audit or a strategy session or something like that, are a lot make a lot more sense if it's a personality-driven business.
1: Yeah. And it it does already feel that. Uh, you know, it's like you tweet everything from your account. It's not like some generic company swipe files account. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So we'll see if I do another. I, w- I kind of want to get through like all this stuff I have in front of me now with uh, the newsletter content, swipe file, and then like building out the, the new courses before I get to something like that. Again, maybe I'll fit it in somewhere in between, but part of me is just like, okay, I need to, you know, they're nice ideas, but like I think these things will move the needle more before I get to there. So we'll see. Cool. Otherwise, that's pretty much it for me. This week I have another short week. On Thursday, I'm going up to uh, a summer camp with my church for uh, high school youth ministry. And um, so I'll be gone through Sunday, working three days this week. Um, and then the next week, well, actually, this week starting to really starting to hit the pavement on content creation around the newsletter, especially, which I'm actually really excited about. Um, Lots of ideas spinning around. So I'm hoping I can ship a few things this week. Nice. Short week can be motivating for that. Totally. (laughs) I feel like I I get the most done on a short week because I'm like, I don't have any other choice. I have to get this done Wednesday night because Thursday, I know I'm just going to be up in the mountains without any service gone. You know, I won't be able to do anything else, uh, get any more work done. Yeah, cool. The your up in the mountains com, uh,
1: comment made me think of. Uh, Derek and I talked about having to travel with your laptop and how with oh. SaaS it's very hard to escape that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm jealous that you can do that. <laughs> I know. Really, I had never thought about that until you know at some point I heard someone say that, and I was like, "Geez, that's like a huge burden." I hadn't thought about like. Yeah, I would just I would always have such huge amount of anxiety, just thinking like, is it down? Is it down right now? You know, what always baffled me was hearing about um, developers or founders who have like some sort of uptime monitoring or even like, like pager, if something went wrong. Um, I think I remember hearing about this for the first time at one of my, at the first startup that I worked for and they hired a site reliability engineer and like mm-hmm. he had like an old school pager where it was like, if anything happened middle of the night, like he had this like alarm that went off basically. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's nuts. Like I just never thought about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't have an old school pager, but I do get a phone call if like the core oh. jet boost stuff is down for any reason. Wow. Um, and it, Like, I have it set up to bypass all, like, do not disturb, anything like that. Like, it'll
0: wake me up in the middle of the night. And it's happened before. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I I keep my phone in a a different room, in this room, not in my bedroom. And in the bedroom, there's only um, a, uh, what are they called? Alexa. It's like the Alexa Touch. And it's just for my alarm clock, basically. So I have, like, no no connection to (laughs) devices or the internet, uh, in the bedroom when I go to sleep.
1: Yeah. If there ever comes a day where I'm not in charge of keeping a SAS product up, uh, (laughs) that's one of the things I'm most looking forward to is like (laughs) detaching from my phone and keeping it somewhere else. And yeah, not having to worry about that.
0: Yeah. That'll be the day when you don't have to worry about, uh, an alarm from, uh the SAS product or from a crying baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> then I will be sleeping peacefully. Double whammy, man. I don't know how you get any sleep.
1: Yeah. It's kind of strange actually the having a baby it <laughs> it's it's wild because so my son was born in January of this year and that was also January, February were like the two roughest months as far as scaling for JetBoost and mm. like when some of these issues actually occurred. And so I was waking up anyways to be up with the baby that I was like almost awake basically 24-7. Oh so like I was fixing things during the middle of the night just because I was like used to being up during the middle of the night. Uh, mm. It's so it all sort of worked out, but it was also kind of crazy. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, geez, the timing.
1: Yeah. Like every time I get up Absolutely. to feed him, I would check my phone to be like, is, mm. is Jepu still up? Because like, it was it was rough
0: for a while. <laughs> go but check uh, the logs, go look at the performance. See yeah, if yeah. You know, close to being critical or whatever. Yeah.
1: Thankfully on That's that crazy. front, the last two months have been very, very good. Like mm. I actually have almost, uh, let me find the <laughs> knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> the, the last, yeah, it's, uh, I, I've, I'm almost like sleeping normally again, not, not worrying about it being down. So even though it's always in the wow. back of my mind, yeah.
0: <laughs> there's a milestone, there's a achievement unlocked, although I'm sure yeah. at some point later there are always, you know, there's always something that comes up, but knock yeah. on wood now looks good.
1: Yeah, probably tomorrow this enterprise customer will go live and (laughs) all of a sudden alarms will be going off like crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Well, anything else before uh, we wrap up? We haven't had a question in a while. Um, Yeah, we haven't. uh, Any questions there? No?
1: No, I did want to just mention one thing uh, because I was listening to the Indie Hackers podcast And it just came on like autoplay in my car. So I don't even know who this interview was with, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But he had built a... He basically built a game to teach people CSS Flexbox and then a game to teach people CSS Grid. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, Uh uh-huh. And... I can't remember what it's called. I'll look it up. Yeah, so the... The first game he did was free and then the second one is the one he charged for and like made his business off of. And what I thought was so brilliant was for the first one, he, even though it was free, he put on the website like a price and crossed it out and put free. So people Uh, would know like this thing is valuable. This has value, but like we're giving it away to you. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's such a cool way to do free that I'd never thought about before. Um, so it's kind of got me thinking like, how
0: could I incorporate that? Right. With some freemium kind of, uh, products or, you know, little microsites sites, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean,
1: so like, there's like, we have the mod kit Chrome extension for Webflow and it's free, but like, Oh, it would right. almost, it yeah. would feel more valuable if it was like, you know, $99, but crossed out, we're giving it to you for free. Because like, it has taken time and effort to develop and yeah. maintain and all of that. Yeah.
0: I mean, worth a test. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that with? I need to, to look through them. But uh, I didn't pick up on that. But I remember listening to the interview and I thought that it was really, really good yeah, it was, and really smart. It was good. Yeah. Well, look forward to hearing more about that later. I think I'll, I'll also, uh, someone mentioned on Twitter, they're asking about some of the experiments that I've been doing. I need to make some some big sweeping updates to a lot of those experiments around podcast advertising and oh, yes. a whole bunch of other stuff. So uh, more updates later, but nothing to report on right now. Sounds good. All right, well, try I wrap it? Yeah. We'll have as many of the show notes and uh, links and mentions shout outs as as we can remember in the show notes and otherwise we'll see you in the next one